motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved. Not average, not mediocre. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Not your mama, not your auntie, not grandmama and them, but God, what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What I love about what Paul is pointing out in this scripture is that worry is optional. That we can actually choose peace by choosing prayer. That whenever we bring our needs and our petitions before God, not only does he hear our prayers, he actually sends peace to stand guard at our minds and our hearts. That means that anything that's going to get to my heart or to my mind has to go through the peace of God first. What a promise. But is a promise that is attached to a cause, and that is prayer. And so this is one of our favorite moments here at Lakewood. We would love to pray for you. Whatever sickness you may have, whatever situation that may exist in your life, we believe that when we pray, God leans low to hear the prayers of his people. And so prayer partners are going to come down to the front of each section. And if you want to, you can step out Scripture says, if any of you is sick or has a need, let them call for the elders of the church and they will lay hands on them and they shall recover. And so we believe that it's not just a tradition, it's something we believe has biblical power. So if you would step out right now and do that, we would love to pray for you. If you're watching online or listening on Sirius XM, thank you so much for joining us today. We would love you to know that there is a church in Houston that is praying for you. today. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to pray for you, just like I'm going to pray for some here, but know that, you know, every day we pray for you. God's got you in the palm of his hand. And said it earlier, said it in my prayer, God's bigger than anything that you're facing. You know, sometimes it looks like the, the opposition is bigger. Just remember that God created the universe. Nothing you're going through is a surprise to him. And just believe today, faith is coming into your heart even right now. So let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for those that are watching, listening live on Sirius XM. Lord, I think that healing is coming, that freedom is coming, that you're restoring what the enemy's trying to steal. Lord, I think that you're doing a new thing in their life, that, that they won't be at this place next year, but this too shall pass. And Lord, like you've done for us, Lord, open up some new doors of opportunity. Take them where they couldn't go on their own. Just speak victory and favor and even a, a breakthrough over your life today.
in Jesus' name. We love you very much. I hope you enjoy the service today. shame is undone yes father your presence lord okay i gotta get my my tune but i'm worshiping now y'all holy spirit you are welcome here some flood this place and fill the atmosphere feel boom fact the lord your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. You come flood, your feel the atmosphere, God. Your glory. Yes, hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made, and you will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Yes. Enjoy the presence, y'all. This is God's day, and he will make a way. No matter what it looks like, you got to know that he already made a way, okay?
Awesome to have you at Lakewood and just feel blessed and Woo! all right guys y'all can be seated and, uh, Kanye was so kind to come for tonight's Sunday service and when I heard he was coming I said man you got to come on Sunday morning and at least say hello to the people so here we feel blessed to have you Kanye and Kanye we just just some thoughts maybe We've all seen, you know, something happened in the last year or so, not where you were back then. Maybe you can just speak a little bit to the transition and, you know, how are you here today at Lakewood? I know that God's been calling me for a long time and the devil's been distracting me for a long time. Woo! 
And when I was, you know, in my lowest points, you know, God was there with me and sending me visions and inspiring me. And I remember sitting in the, the hospital at UCLA after having a mental breakdown and there's uh, documentations of me drawing a church and saying, writing, a, start a church in the, in the middle of Calabasas. And even after that, I went and made the, the Life of Pablo album. I said, this is a gospel album. And I didn't know how to totally make a gospel album. And the Christians that were around were too, um, I would say, beaten into submission by society to not speak up and profess the gospel to, you know, to me because I was a superstar. So, but the, the only superstar is Jesus. So as I sat there saying, you know, I, I'm going to make a gospel album. There were Christians that were there that were not. Excuse me, brother. If I, I go into these streams of consciousness when I'm talking. And when you when you're speaking in the middle of it, it, it distracts me. I really appreciate the support. But I would like for everybody to be completely silent so I can let God flow through me as I speak to you guys today. Um, so. In the studio, and this studio, it will, it, it's going to compare to places that you're in in life where people tell you to quiet your voice and not talk about Jesus, you know, so loud. But everything else is so loud around us. When I'm in California and when I'm in Vegas, they got posters up advertising, you know, sex trafficking. Because if there's an advertisement for a strip club, that is advertising sex trafficking. Because at the end of the night, when they close up, the, the manager says, how much traffic do we have? So if it's a, a man that's going through things with his family or going through things at work and he feels he has to go there. We all end up participating, whether it's the spirits that get advertised to us all the time. Alcohol is, they call it a spirit. So we get constant advertisement for spirits. We get constant advertisement for strip clubs and other things like that. But then we bring up the name of Jesus. We're told to be quiet, quiet that down. So even for someone who's professing God and saying, this is going to be a, go a gospel album, the devil's going to come and do everything he can to distract people from knowing how to fully be in service to the Lord and all of that arrogance and confidence and cockiness that y'all seen me use uh, before God is now using for him. Because every time I stand up, I feel that I'm standing up and drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm here in service to God and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's so good, Kanye. You know, uh, hallelujah, glory to God. The most powerful, I've heard a lot of your interviews, but maybe, can you speak into, you said you used to worship the God of fame and the God of some of those things and they didn't, that didn't fulfill you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, because it's presented to us on TV. There's a rumor I heard where 
someone that sat down with Sammy Davis Jr. And this is no, you know, knock to his family, but I want to use a specific name that we know of because it's a celebrity name. We have these icons, we use it. And he leaned in and said, you know, Satan is as powerful as God. And that is the mentality that people have a lot of times when they're in service to fame, money, manpower. You start to feel like Satan is the most powerful. And you start to feel like if you service God, that in life, it means you will not prosper. And the only way to prosper is in service to fame. And it, you know, it's like the devil stole all the good producers. <laughs> the devil stole all the good musicians, all the good artists, all the good designers, all the good business people, and said, you gotta come over and work for me. And now the trend, the shift, is going to, sh to change. Jesus has won the victory. Because now, and I told you about my, my arrogance and cockiness already. Now, the greatest artist that God has ever exist, uh, created is now working for him. <laughs> Kanye, you know, I grew up, I'm a preacher's kid. You didn't grow up like me. How, you know, maybe speak a little bit to, uh, to your upbringing and, you know, how that all, how all that affected you. Well, my, my dad had me in church three times a week. For me as a kid, you know, going to church on Wednesday instead of going to basketball practice or getting to play video games got to be, you know, a little bit boring. And my mom, had me in church twice a week or definitely on Sundays. We actually grew with the church. It was a pastor named Johnny Coleman, and we grew from a small church to a mega church, a Chicago version. I think it grew to like five, 6,000. Um, and my mom always had the records in the house and would be playing a lot of R&B records, but then we'd go and hear the hear the gospel and hear worship. So, you know, as I now have a family, I'm 42 years old and married for five years. Um, there's a blatant responsibility for me to become more like my, my mother who's gone to heaven and more like my father who has a, who's working and building a water purification center in the DR. Um, you know, with rappers, there's so many things that we've done where to maintain the idea of coolness. You know, we have our own daughters and we'll still be rapping about trying to hook up with somebody's daughter. <laughs> like not taking the responsibility as a man. That's why I say the song Closed on Sunday is the hardest record ever made. It's hard as the NWA record because it's talking about protecting your kids from the indoctrination of the media, the thousands and thousands of images that are fed 
two children by the age of six or seven. And within those images, there are images mixed in that we don't know about as parents that are purposely mixed in to lower the kids' superpower and esteem so that they can be more susceptible to consumption and feel that they need to consume and become a part of the robotic numeric system that controls so many, so much of the media. Did I, you know, I just had to say it like this, you can rewind it and, and then do research what I'm talking about, but it's like. <laughs> Kanye, one of my favorite songs on your new album is that song, God Is. In that middle, you've got that part where, I mean, you're preaching in the middle. It's very, very powerful. And you know, maybe not everybody's heard it, but I just asked if I could play maybe this 30, 40, 60 second clip and listen to this. I'll get him to comment on this, but guys roll that if you would, please. said more than 60 seconds and I say my 30 minute message right there, but you know what? That's very powerful, man. You know, Woo! the addictions have to go. The demons have to go. You want to speak yes. to it all? Speak to it at all? Yes. Yeah. Those addictions are, yes. 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 are on us. Even when yes. you are saved and fully delivered, you know, when I started Sunday service, I started my church, which people told me I couldn't call a church cause you ain't got no pastor. It ain't really a church. Uh, <laughs> But it was church for us, that's all we had. And, you know. We really didn't have a place to consistently go, every, you know, every week and bring the family. And we started off by just, you know, having records that were good. And I'm gonna get to the addiction part. The, uh, we, you know, nice, uh, easy to listen to records and good feelings. And I had a friend that came by and said, but you have to say the name Jesus. You can have, you know, all of this good sound and stuff, but eventually people are gonna need solid food. So we, we started to then incorporate that. And those addictions, these different addictions that all of us have um, are things that can bring, I like to say, bring our Christian scorecard down. And, uh, and they'll, they'll hit you sometimes. Sometimes you still just go ahead and just pour that drink and then repent for it. So we, we all human. We all going to sh fall short of the glory. I ain't seen nobody with a 23 um, play as good as Michael Jordan. So Christians are not going to be Christ. We are going to follow Christ and be Christ-like and repent for our sins. But it's a lot of times when people don't want to come to Christ, they try to point out the worst Christian they ever met. <laughs> and, uh, but when you play basketball, you don't point to the worst basketball player, you point to the best basketball player. 
Um, so with these addictions that hit us, it's 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 that content constant, you know, being in constant repentance. A lot of people who don't want to accept what the Bible says is because they don't want to accept that they are in the wrong or that they are basking and living and capitalizing off of sin. We all have sin. Yeah. It's yeah. another thing to just be selling yeah. drugs Come in on. the children's parking lot. Come on now. Come on. Teach. Come on. For real. Come on. Teach. A <laughs> couple of things I was thinking. You know, one, one, one of it is this. We've got two, two more things I want to get to. Um, I heard... Well, let me go to this other one first. What would you say? What would you say to the younger Kanye? You know, some young people listening. Maybe they're where you were ten years ago or something. You know, any advice for them? You know, it's nothing that the younger Kanye. It's nothing I could say to the younger Kanye through words. I could speak to the younger Kanye through music. That's it. Yeah. That's that's your that's your niche. So we on they neck. This music gonna come every month. We dropping that heat. We in the studio. God is strengthening our, our hands. We have writers. We have producers. Come on now. We taking all the most fire producers and bringing them back to God. Come on now. Woo! All the best voices, all the best dancers, all the worship for us to see that it's, it's through Christ. I mean, following the Bible can free us all. And it was, you know, interesting, you think, you know, when we're at the prisons, to, you know, professing how Jesus can set you free. And it's a, it's true. The more and more this entire country follows Christ and sets the example that we are a Christian country. You know, they got, they're taking, they're, they're attempting to take prayer out of schools. When you remove the fear and love of God, you create the fear and love of everything else. So let me word that not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Reinstate the fear and love of God and eliminate the fear and love of everything else. And when I got that from, that, that slight difference of wording, I got that from Joel. Because... There's a lot of people in the Christian community that try to give Joel a hard time because when you turn on the radio, he keeps on showing you how good God is. Come on now. God is not the enemy. God is not the negative part. 
God is not just a perception of fire and brimstone. God is love, is the greatest, is the glory. God is family. God is friendship. God is prosperity. Keep our eye on the sparrow. Keep your eye on the beauty and the love and the grace of God, the grace that allows us to be here today with all of our sins. That we know that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will be granted eternal life. Come on now, nobody gonna tell me God ain't touched that dude. This dude straight up, y'all. Y'all better wake up. Jesus coming back. You made it, man. Here we go. Couple more. Because I want to stay on that kind of Because it's not just about turning over a new leaf. It's not just about, you know, being good or being positive. It's about a personal relationship. Yes. Knowing that he died for his our sins. Yes. We repent of those sins and we say, God, I want to walk with you. But. You know, Kanye, I don't, you, you can speak to that. I don't know if you want to pray for the people or I'll pray for them or however you want to do that. But let's just make sure we, you know, the main point is what you stand for is not just you turned over a new leaf. You, you told James Corden, I don't want to, I'll steal your words, but James Corden said, well, how do we know Kanye is just not, you know, it's just not for a minute or something like that. He, you said, you know, when you're asleep, that's one state. When you wake up, that's another state. And Kanye said, I woke up to God, so I'm awake now. So I love that. That's powerful. You want to say anything? You want to pray over Anything you want to do? Oh, absolutely. Lord Christ, Father God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for the anointed words and the, the mission that Joel has been set on. The amazing, the thousands and thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of people that Joel has brought to Christ and being that oftentimes that first step that invites us to let us know how good Jesus is and how good your love is. Thank you for bringing me up in the church. Thank you for the opportunity to have given me a platform that is so uh, vast that no one can take it away once I've turned over everything to you. Thank you for the opportunity to stand on this stage without judgment um, next to one of the strongest voices in the Christian community. Thank you for having my family here today, Mike. My, 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 the west side of the family, Jaden, it's his birthday. We're gonna go ice skating, thank you for. <laughs> but then he said he didn't wanna go ice skating, now we're gonna go go-karting her. But, uh, <laughs> and also my prayers do sound like this. They are somewhere in the Ricky Bobby territory. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, God, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, Lakewood. I love you, man. I love you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being here. All right. Hey, guys. Can we? You are one of a kind. And if you don't recognize that you are enough, then you'll always be dependent on other people to make you feel good about who you are. If you live thinking you're at a deficit, you'll undersell yourself. You'll play up to people. You'll let them control you. That's where you're getting your validation. But when you know you are enough by yourself, you won't rely on people to approve you. You'll get your approval from your heavenly father. And the problem with relying on people is people can change. One minute people were saying to Jesus, Hosanna. 
Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. They were laying down palm branches, celebrating his arrival. Three days later, those same people were saying, crucify him. If you only feel good about yourself when people are telling you that you're great, then if they leave, you'll forget who you are. If you're relying on them to make you feel talented, valuable, attractive, you're letting them control your self-worth. But when you know you are enough all by yourself, when you don't live from a deficit mentality, then it doesn't matter what people do or don't do. You know you're a masterpiece. You know you're made in the image of Almighty God. David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. It's very powerful when you can say, I have the talent I need. I have the looks I need. I have the family I need. I have the personality that I need. David had plenty of opportunities to have this deficit mentality. We know him as the greatest king that ever lived. But before that, he was discounted by his father, left out in the shepherd's fields when the prophet was choosing the next king of Israel. His father made him feel like he was unqualified, not good enough, too small. When David took lunch to his brothers that were out on the battlefield, one of the brothers made fun of him, said, what did you do with those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? He was saying, David, you're not talented. You didn't get what we got. If David would have relied on people to get his approval, he would have never stepped into his destiny. Now, maybe someone is trying to discount you make you feel like you're not talented enough, attractive enough, not up to par. Let that go in one ear and out the other. They didn't breathe life into you. They didn't know you before you were formed in your mother's womb. They don't determine your destiny. Do like David. Father, thank you that I have everything I need. Thank you that I am enough all by myself. You don't need people's approval. You don't need their validation. The Most High God has approved you. Now get rid of that deficit mentality and step up to who you were created to be. A while back, one afternoon, I was at home riding my stationary bike, exercising. I had my earphones in, hooked up to my cell phone, and I was listening to a podcast. I put my phone on the front of the bike by the handlebars. At one point, I started riding really fast and the bike began to shake and my phone fell off. When it did, it jerked my earphones out. I stopped to pick them up, but the little white rubber tip came off of one of the earphones. I looked all around, couldn't find it anywhere. It was the strangest thing. I looked under the treadmill. I moved other equipment. I checked up on the windowsill. Maybe it popped up there, looked all over the box, all over the bike, on and on. It was nowhere to be found. Later that evening, I was watching television. I reached up to scratch my ear, felt something odd, and it was the white rubber tip. I had it the whole time, but I didn't realize it. I'm wondering if you're looking for something that you already have. You're looking around you, God is saying, look in you. You have the talent. You have the creativity. You have the confidence. Psalm 34 says, those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing. You need to see yourself as a no lack person. You're not lacking the strength you need. 
You're not lacking the favor. Well, Joel, I never get any good breaks. I don't see how I can accomplish my dreams. I don't think I'll ever meet the right person. That's a deficit mentality. That thinking will keep you from your destiny. You have to turn it around. Father, thank you that your favor surrounds me like a shield. Thank you that goodness and mercy are chasing me down. Thank you that divine connections, the right people are headed my way. What you need is in you, but you have to stir it up. As long as you think you're at a disadvantage, you've been shortchanged, it will keep you from rising higher. Second Kings chapter four, there was a widow. Her husband was friends with the prophet Elisha. She came up to Elisha very discouraged and told him how her husband had died and how now she was in such debt, the creditors were coming to take her two sons as payment. Elisha asked her, what do you have in your house? She didn't have to think twice. She said, Elisha, I have nothing at all except a small jar of oil. She was saying, I'm at a deficit. I don't have enough. I'm limited. Sometimes like this woman, we are discounting what God has given us. We have some talent, but Joel, it's not enough. I have my degree, but I don't have enough education. This woman was about to miss her miracle because she didn't recognize what she had. She was looking outside the house, but Elisha said, what's in the house? God will always have what you need within reach. It's not something far off. It will be close to you. One time Samson was surrounded by the Philistine army. He didn't have any weapons. Looked like he would be captured. He looked down and saw the jawbone of a donkey. Just so happened to be right there. He picked it up and defeated a thousand men with it. Wasn't a coincidence. It was the hand of God. What you need will be close to you. Elisha told this widow to go out and borrow as many large empty containers as she could find. She went from neighbor to neighbor asking for them. She came back to the house. Elisha said, now I want you to pour that little bit of oil into one of those larger containers. That doesn't make sense. What good was it going to do to transfer oil from one container to the other? The widow started pouring the oil and the oil kept flowing. It kept coming out. She filled the first container, then another and another. The oil never ran out until all of the containers were full. She took that oil and sold it and had plenty to pay her debt. When God asks you to do something that doesn't make sense, many times the act of obedience is what brings the miracle. God could have caused those containers to be full of oil without her pouring it. He could have caused somebody to show up with a bunch of full containers, but the miracle was dependent on this woman doing her part. Is God asking you to do something that you don't want to do? To forgive that person that did you wrong? You think, God, that's not fair. They don't deserve it. They hurt me. Is he asking you to take care of that elderly neighbor? or to give that friend a ride to work each day. You think, God, I'm busy, that's out of my way. The blessing is in the obedience. There was a man in the scripture named Naaman. He was a captain in the Syrian army, but he had leprosy. God told him to go wash in the Jordan River and he would be healed. God could have healed him 
like Jesus healed people by speaking to them or by having someone lay hands on him. But God asked Naaman to do something unusual, something he didn't understand. At first, he wouldn't do it. Came up with all these excuses. Said, I'm not going to go wash in that river. The water's dirty. We have better rivers back at home. He almost talked himself out of it, finally decided to do it. When he came up the seventh time, his skin was perfectly healed. The healing wasn't in the water or everyone that touched the water would have been healed. The healing was in the obedience. Don't miss your miracle because you won't do what God's asking you to do. What's interesting is Elisha didn't bring anything to the widow's house. He didn't bring her funds. He didn't have a friend come plant a garden. He simply showed her what was in the house. The principle is you already have what you need. You're not waiting for it. Maybe one day it'll show up. There are miracles in your house. But sometimes we're looking on the outside. You have to look on the inside. God is saying, I've equipped you, I've empowered you, I've anointed you. You have seeds of greatness. Are you discounting what God has given you? Are you overlooking what you have? It may seem small. That gift may not seem like it's enough, but when you use what you have, God will multiply it. When you pour that little bit of oil, that act of obedience is what causes the oil to continue to flow. The woman said, Elisha, I have nothing except a small jar of oil. God is going to use what comes after the except. I have nothing except a little training. I have nothing except a few connections. He's going to take what you think is insignificant and turn it into something extraordinary. When we come to the end of our ability, that's when God steps in. If you can accomplish your dreams all on your own, you don't really need God's help. If you can overcome that obstacle by yourself, it doesn't take any faith. Don't be discouraged when what you're up against looks too big. You don't have the resources. The obstacle, the opposition is too strong. You're in perfect position for God to show out in your life. It looks like a setback. Really, it is a setup. God is about to make things happen that you couldn't make happen. When my father went to be with the Lord back in 1999, I knew I was supposed to step up and pastor the church, but I didn't think I was enough. I didn't have the training. I'd never been to seminary. I'm more quiet and reserved. I didn't want to get up in front of people. I told God all the things I couldn't do, all the things that I didn't have. It was like God said, Joel, what else do you have in the house? I said, God, I don't have anything except a little faith, a little training, a little confidence, just this small, small jar of oil. God said, that's all I need. Just use what you have and watch what I will do. And I stepped up and God took that little bit of oil and turned it into something more than I ever imagined. What am I saying? Quit discounting yourself. Quit talking yourself out of your greatness. God is not limited by what family you come from, by your education, by what you think you don't have. All he's asking you to do is use what's after the accept. Well, I don't have anything except this high school diploma. How can I do something great? 
I don't have an extensive education. Neither did Bill Gates. Neither did Steve Jobs. They did okay. All I have is a little talent, a little confidence. If you'll start using it, God will show up and do something extraordinary. In the scripture, Jesus had been out teaching the people all day long and he told his disciples he wanted him he wanted them to feed the 5000 people that had gathered. They said, "Jesus, we can't do that. We're in the desert. We have no food except five loaves of bread and two fish." God will never ask you for something that you don't have. If he asks you and you don't think you can do it, it's because you have it and don't know it. Go back and see what's in your house. What do you have after the accept? You know the story. Jesus prayed over the food, the bread, the fish, and it multiplied. They were able to feed the 5,000 people, had 12 baskets full of food left over. When you look at what you have, your resources, your training, your experience, it may not be enough. It's just five loaves. It's just a little cup of oil. What good could that do? No, get ready. God's about to multiply what you have. He's going to do something unusual. You didn't see it coming. Doors open that you couldn't open. Opportunity where you were not qualified. The right people coming to you. He's going to take what looks insignificant and turn it into something extraordinary. He's going to multiply what comes after the accept. This is what happened with my father. He was raised very poor. His parents were farmers and they lost everything during the Great Depression. As a little boy, barely had enough food to eat. He'd go to school with holes in his clothes, had shoes so worn out he had to keep putting cardboard in the bottom. Didn't look like he had much of a future. Nobody in their family knew anything about God. They were good people. They just didn't have any kind of faith. But at 17, my father went to church with a friend of his that had been very persistent. That day, he gave his life to Christ, the first one in the family. He felt God calling him to become a pastor. He told his parents he was going to leave and go out and start ministering. They said, John, you better stay here with us. All you know how to do is work on the farm. He had no training, no backing, no funding, no experience, but somehow he recognized he had a little cup of oil. He had five loaves. It wasn't much, but he could feel those seeds of greatness. Every circumstance said he was unqualified. He was shortchanged. He was at a disadvantage, but God doesn't create anyone without putting something significant on the inside. That's why the enemy works overtime to try to make you feel like you're not enough. You're not good enough. You've made too many mistakes. You're not talented enough. You're not important enough. Don't let those lies keep you from your destiny. He wouldn't be trying to discourage you if he didn't know there was something amazing in you. It may not be much yet, but as you keep pouring that oil, as you keep taking those steps of faith, God is going to take you where you've never dreamed. At 17 years old, my father left the farm. He didn't have a car. He had to hitchhike. He went out and started ministering in the prisons and in the senior citizens' homes. God began to open door after door. And eventually, he started Lakewood, and Daddy went on to impact the world. But I think about where I would be today 
If my father would have believed he was not enough. You can be the one like my father to affect generations to come for your family. You can be the one to set them on a new course. You wouldn't be hearing this if there weren't greater things in front of you. Quit looking at what you don't have, what you didn't get, what you can't do. You have everything you need. All David had was a slingshot and five smooth stones. It looked like it was not enough. Goliath was nearly twice his size. He was a skilled warrior. He'd been trained in the military, wearing a full set of armor, very powerful. Here David was a shepherd boy, a teenager. He had no formal training, no experience. He could have said, God, I have nothing except this slingshot. What you have after the except is what God is going to use. When Goliath saw how small David was, he began to laugh. He said, am I a dog that you would come at me with a stick? I'm sure David was tempted to think, am I crazy? I'm going to fight this giant with only a slingshot. But the scripture says David ran toward Goliath. You would think he would try to sneak up on him, surprise him to get the maximum advantage. But when you know who you are, when you know you're equipped and empowered, when you know God being for you is more than the world being against you, you won't run from your giants. You'll run to your giants. David slung the rock, hit Goliath in the forehead, knocked him unconscious. He went over and took Goliath's own sword and finished him off. What you have may not look like it's enough. It's ordinary, but when God breathes on it, it will become more than enough. A friend of mine's father pastored a large church. As a young boy, he always looked forward to working there. During college, he got a job at this business where he would go into the different offices and clean and repair the equipment in the building. So they gave him keys to all the offices in the building. He carried around this big key ring, made him feel very important. This was years ago. After he graduated from college, he came back to work at his father's church. And he was so excited, but his father only gave him one key, the key to his office. He said, dad, I want all the keys. I want to be able to get in everywhere. His father said, no, this is the key I want you to have. He was kind of disappointed. He thought, what, my dad doesn't trust me? A few years later, his dad became ill and wasn't expected to make it. This friend would go up to the church at night and pray for his father. He liked to pray in the main sanctuary. Since it was after hours, he would always have to get somebody to let him in. He'd call the security guard or see someone through the glass doors and knock. But it bothered him that he didn't have a key. One night he went up to pray for his father. And he was all locked up. And so he called the security guard. And he said he was out and wouldn't be back for a couple of hours. So my friend went around the building checking all the doors to see if anything was open. But it's all locked up. He's so frustrated. Just when he was about to leave, he decided to put his key in the door and see if he could jiggle it around and somehow get it unlocked. The key went in so smoothly, he turned it and the door opened. He was puzzled. He walked through the lobby to the sanctuary door, put the key in, turned it, and it opened. Went to the choir room, put the key in, turned it, and it opened. He didn't realize his father had given him the master key. All that time, he had what he needed. 
It wasn't that the father didn't trust him. It was the son didn't know what he had. Do you know what your father has given you? Do you know you have the key to unlock every door to your destiny? You didn't get shortchanged. Your father didn't say, I can't trust you. No, God has great confidence in you. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Why don't you start using that key, believing that you have what you need? Don't go through life thinking that you've been locked out. You can't reach your dreams. You can't overcome the obstacle. You can't meet the right person. You have the key. Your heavenly father has given you everything you need to fulfill your purpose. Now do your part and get rid of a deficit mentality. Get up every morning and say, Father, thank you that I am enough. I am strong enough. I am talented enough. I am attractive enough. If you'll do this, I believe and declare like the widow woman, God is about to let abundance flow in your life. He's about to multiply what you have. Your gifts are going to come out in greater ways. New doors are about to open breakthroughs, promotion, the fullness of your destiny in Jesus' name. And if you receive it today, can you say amen? I'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church and keep God first place. Victoria and I will be right back to speak a blessing over you. Let me pray for you as well. If you have five minutes, we'll wrap it up here, but I'd like to seal it in prayer. Lord, thank you for what we've heard today. I know it falls on great ground, faithful people here at Lakewood, many watching and listening. Lord, I thank you today we are leaving the deficit mentality behind. Lord, I thank you that we receive into our spirits that you have equipped us, that we are well able. We're turning off the comparisons and Lord, we're going to run our race. And I thank you, Lord, that you'll get us to where we're supposed to be. Lord, I ask that not one person would leave here without knowing your son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. Draw them by your spirit. Let them feel your presence as they've never felt it. With our heads bowed in prayer, just a quick question. If your heart stopped beating in the next few minutes, are you at peace with God? Do you know where you'd spend eternity if you died a little while from now? If not, I would love to pray with you. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm here to help you find a new beginning. I know this comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in just a moment, if you're not at peace with the Lord, or maybe you are a Christian, but you've grown cold toward God. You know you need to rededicate, recommit your life to Christ. You need a fresh new start. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and stand right where you are, and we'll pray together. I can't think of a better time to get on the road to victory than right now. God is not mad at you. Your sins have already been forgiven. Yes. All you have to do is accept the free gift of Christ's salvation. Will you do it today? The enemy in your thoughts, he'll tell you, do it next week. Do it another time. Listen, the Bible says, today is, is the, the day, day of salvation. salvation. That's right. Don't put it off. It's so easy. 
But Joel, it's embarrassing to stand in front of everyone. No, Listen not. to what Jesus said. If you, you won't be ashamed, ashamed of, me of me before people, me. then I won't be ashamed, ashamed of you, you. before on. my Father Come in on. heaven. I'm going to give you a great opportunity to show God that you're not ashamed of Him. If you're not at peace with the Lord, or you just need to rededicate your life to Christ. You need a fresh new start, a new beginning. If that's you, would you be bold, take that step of faith, and stand right where you are. And we're going to pray together. Would you yes. do that? Yes, hallelujah. As they say, all of the building. Glory to God. Come on, don't put it off. Yes, Lord. I feel like there ought to be a few more. <laughs> Who else wants to be bold? <laughs> Get on the road to victory. Young people, can I pray with you? Yes. Up Lord. at the top. Anybody else on me left out? Come on now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you say that prayer, I want you to go over to um to the Boom Factor Radio and send me a message. I have a free gift for you. Uh, to welcome you into the family of God. Today is the day of salvation. It's very easy. You just say, Lord, I don't know what I have been doing in my life, but I need you in my life. Come into my heart. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart. If you say that prayer that Joel Osteen prayed and you mean it, you mean it, Give me a holler. I'll be here for you. I'll pray with you. If you have any prayer requests, just send it through the message, and I'll get back with you. I'll pray for you and put you on my prayer calendar. I have a prayer calendar that I pray for individuals. I used to do it frequently, way about a couple of years, and God put it back in my heart this year, and I'll be more fluent with it. So you can text me. At 832-573-3095. Send me a text. Say, Dr. D, I'm from I'm listener from your radio show. Can you pray for me? You know, and I will pray for you. And I will text you back. Okay. Um, if I need to call you, I will call you. Um This is this is the right time, the right time. For you to come into the kingdom of God. The shift has already been shifted. <laughs> like our brother said earlier. And we have to ride that wave of the Holy Spirit. And, and call upon the name of, of the Lord. And trust in Him. Because there's some evil times out there. Okay. So I love you guys. God bless you. This is Dr. D with the Boom Factor. I'm about to go Facebook Live. Um. Have a mini watch party. This is our second year being on um, the broadcast. And so you can go ahead over there at facebook.com slash boom factor. And um, you'll be able to see me live. And then we'll be heading on out to the concert tonight at Kanye West. And I'll be doing some live recording there. Okay. So God bless you all. I love you. And Jesus loves you too. He died for you. God loves you, but Jesus died for you. Okay? All right. Selah.
cover up.
Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Yes, Lord. Well, as you guys know that um, something happened with Ticketmasters ticket and they was turning people away. They canceled tickets. When we got up to get in, we couldn't get in because they canceled our tickets too. Um, I guess it was overcrowded. And as if you're following online, you can go to YouTube and they got it online. Um, my God, it was it was very inter- interesting to be to see the people in line and what to pray for and what we have to pray for. What um, Mr. Kanye West gonna have to deal with? Um, or I ain't gonna say what he have to deal with, but what's coming his way? Uh, he's planting a seed. But the church, we still got to pray, y'all. We got to pray. Um, the harvest is right. People are hurting. And just looking at the, the people standing in line, man, that they should have had preachers out there. Just to see, hey, you saved, you, you, you know, you know Jesus. See what I'm saying? I know somebody said, well, you was out there. Yeah, I was out there. And I was talking um, and sharing. Some people just came out, right? Some people just came out just like, oh, it's a concert. You could tell they were dressed for a concert. Not knowing that it's going to be a gospel concert. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, Daddy knows everything. I'm so glad that we are home because from what I'm watching, he, he didn't even sing none of all his songs. Only like two or three of them. Right? And uh, it is so packed. It is so crowded out there. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I mean... Whew! And then my, my daughter got word. She said, my, you limping? I said, yeah, my feet hurting. I mean, I got my brace on and stuff, but... It just shows you, it's showing me that I only could be on my feet for so long. And I was able to sit down on the side, but, you know, so at this present moment, this is where this brother is. He gave his testimony this morning, which was powerful. He said his concert is going to be a gospel concert. It's going to be straight music. This is where he is. And he's going all over doing it. So we need to cover him because people come flocking to hear him, right? To hear the music, but they're not understanding that it's gospel music. It's going to be the seed of music that he's planted in their spirit. All right? And so now we have to pray that the harvest receive the word through the music so when they go back to their homes, that can resonate in their hearts. 
And the devil won't even steal that out of their hearts, okay? So let, let's just thank God for what he's doing. It was so funny, you guys, that we see people trying to sneak in. They had a couple. This dude asked my daughter, "Can would, would she mind if they come and stand in front of us? They wanted to cut. We just stood out there probably about two and a half hours, right? Because we got there like maybe quarter to four, all right? And when they stopped moving the line, it was quarter to seven. They didn't even move on time because they had some stuff going on. You could see through the glass with the police and stuff. There's some stuff going on on the inside. So I guess they were like, okay, we need to deal with this on the inside before we let anybody in from the outside. That's my perception. That's what I'm saying. I know I'm kind of hoarse and I'm about to get off of here. But overall, uh, I'm kind of glad and not because we really wasn't in the place. But, hey, I'm glad I'm not, though, because from what I'm seeing online, you know, right now they're just worshiping. They're worshiping. They were singing praise songs. They were singing some of Ty Tribet songs. They were singing this other lady's songs. Um, he he added his ad-libs. They had like three of his songs they sung, and that's it. And they about to close out from what I'm hearing. You know? And so, um... Yes, Lord. Lord, I... They're worshiping. Yes. Yes. Yes, Father. And they got... They got these young people, man. They is on their knees worshiping God. I mean, it's... Now, this is the part that's a blessing to me. It can be. 
the things that we deal with, the things that we go through on our job, in our homes. But God is here. He says that all ye that are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come on, if you're in need of him, come on, just lift your hands. Lift those hands right where you are. And if you call to him, he will answer. And whatever you need, just open your mouth and just begin to talk to him. He wants to hear from you. It's been weeks, days since some of us has just said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for your love. Lord, forgive me. I haven't been all that I should have been. Come on, just open your mouth right where you are. This conversation is with him. No one is here to judge you. No one can. It's you. It's you and him. One audience. One person audience. Maybe 40,000, but it's just you and God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Call him. Father, I need you. I'm alone. You said that. Thank you for sending your son for me. I thank you, O oh God, that he was the perfect sacrifice. I thank you that he was the perfect sacrifice. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
I receive Jesus to my heart. I want to walk with him. I want to live for him. I want him to be my redeemer. I want him to be my savior. I'm grateful for what he has done for me. I am grateful for what he has done for me. He took away my sins. So I confess him as Lord. I confess him as Lord. I confess him as Savior. I confess him as Savior. And I'll live for him all the rest of my life. And I'll live for him the rest of my life. Yes. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Glory. Just right where you are, there may be someone that would like to be a part of this great ministry. There are, I mean, there's ushers, there are some different ones. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. Church, let's get ready. Let's get ready for the souls. Yes. 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 And it is so, and it is so. Come on, sing it out, man.
Ma 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 Yes My Lord Yes Lord
my spins. Would you probably take away from my hands? I hope it take away from my sins. Bring the day that I dream about. Next time I'm in the club, everybody screaming out. God, show me the way, cause the devil's trying to break me down.